Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio. Brought to you by Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, a comprehensive wound resolution and UHMS accredited hyperbaric medicine practice with four offices to serve you. Find us on the web at www.hbomdga.com. Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Top Docs Radio. Thank you very much for making us a part of your afternoon. We've got a great show lined up for you today. As you know, we've done several features uh, on cancer-related topics in the past, and we'll be continuing that on uh, today. Some great information for you out there. If you or a loved one is dealing with cancer, um, we'll be able to find out some excellent resources that are available to you, both for resource, uh, for information, education, uh, research, uh, a host of uh, great information for you to uh, to glean from today's show. Uh, we'll do a quick introduction here. I've got Angie Patterson and Alice Kerber from the Georgia Corps. So welcome. Thank you. Thank Glad you. to be here. And I'm also joined by Aaron Long of Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation. We've been on the show in the past. We've got some things coming up we're going to be talking about. So we thought it relevant to have them back out today. So welcome. Thanks for having us again. So Tell me a little bit about Georgia Corps. Obviously, it's uh, you know it's a we talked a little bit as we sat here before the show going about how it's a it's a partially private, partially public uh, partnership here to improve the overall outcomes in our cancer population in Georgia. So tell me a little bit about its genesis and what we're trying to do here. Great. Well, Georgia Corps actually stands for the Georgia Center for Oncology Research and Education, and it came into be in 2003. So we've been around a little more than 10 years. Um, it started out as an, we are a nonprofit. We are uh, public private, as you mentioned, but we're an independent nonprofit in the state. So we serve the entire state and all people impacted by cancer. Um, we educate people about cancer. But um, we originally started out to focus on improving the, the accrual rate to clinical trials. That's how we started out for research and education. But over the years, we've actually grown to really cover the entire continuum of care for cancer, for um, educating people about prevention and screening, um, providing resources for people when they're going through treatment, and we now have launched a new website to really educate people about the survivorship aspect of their life. Yeah, and I've, I've mentioned, um, or heard it mentioned by several people that have been on the show now, that there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, almost like a weightless feeling for some patients after they get to the end of their treatment course. I'm seeing doctors you know, either daily almost or weekly or very frequently at any rate. And, and then all of a sudden, oh, thank you. You're great. You're a survivor. We'll see you in a year. Um, so uh, to know that there's some resources out there for that person during that time and some things that they can kind of keep an eye on with their own, you know, efforts in the meantime to kind of keep a level of comfort that they're doing okay, I'm sure is yeah. very useful. So we'll certainly want to talk about that. Um, you know, so how do you go about what you're trying to do in terms of just getting that information out there? You talked about recruiting folks to take part in clinical trials that might get them access to care that they may not have access to mm -hmm. otherwise. So how do you how do you let people know that you know there's a research study going on that that they might be able to participate in? We actually have um, a research network in the state that has 24 organizations or institutions who are involved in this with us that offer clinical trials. And so we've developed a website called Georgia Cancer Info that has all the information about the clinical trials available in Georgia. And we have almost 600 clinical trials available in our state. Wow. By having this network, it's really 
uh, George has been very unique in having a nonprofit pull this together. So having six over 600 clinical trials available is really exciting for our state. And so we have information on georgiacancerinfo.org where you can go and, and look up any type of um, clinical trials that are available if you're looking for a specific type of cancer clinical trial. So the search capability is very easy on there, but the actual recruitment is done by the, um, the clinicians and, and professionals. Sure. We just have that information there, and we've helped keep this research network going and being able to provide the clinical trials. So it gives you an, a place to go that, that'll talk about the various studies. So if your loved one is dealing with breast cancer, for example, then they can see that there's trials in this location, this location, and they can actually reach out and find out if what it is they're dealing with would be appropriate for the study that's going on. That's yeah. right, and they can find out who the oncologist is that is running that clinical trial as well. That's great. And and I notice, you know, education obviously being a big part of what you're doing. Um, you know, we've heard from several of the survivors that have joined us on the show over time, you know, really trying to drive home to the listeners out there that maybe, you know, ladies or loved ones of ladies that are dealing with breast cancer or, you know, trying to prevent it, that catching it early obviously being a huge thing. So talk a little bit about from the educational perspective sure. for the community, what you're doing to help people be a little bit more aware when to do it, what to do, you know, and the resources out there to help them with that. Well, I'd like to touch on two key um, education and screening programs that we have. Um, the first is the breast cancer license tag, and I'll talk about that, and then I'll have my colleague Alice talk about the whole genomics project or grant that we have here in the state. So if you've seen all those breast cancer license tags out in the state, um, I want everyone to know that $22 of every new purchase or renewal of your breast cancer license tag, that fund goes into, the, into Georgia's indigent care fund. And when a certain amount of money is accumulated, that money is then used for grants to go out and educate, provide screening, and potential treatment for indigent women in Georgia. So Georgia Corps has been real fortunate to have a um, contract with the Department of Community Health to administer those grants. So I'd like to encourage people to understand that the tag, while it's great to show that you know, you've got a breast cancer tag, I'm a 13-year breast cancer survivor, yeah. so I have a real um, passion for that. But I think for people to understand that buying that tag is helping women in Georgia who would not have an opportunity to be educated about the importance of being screened early, to catch it early, um, to give them opportunities to have a screening when they may not, may not have been able to do it, I think is real important for everyone listening to this or anyone in Georgia to understand the value of that tag. It's pretty impressive. I never would have guessed, um, you know, it, it, I would have been under the assumption that the dollar amount per license tag would have been significantly less than that. That's, that's you know, pretty powerful volume, you know, of, of money to be donated to a charitable cause like this. Are there statistics out there you know, about... How many of those are driving around on our community roads today? Do they ha do they know how many people are kind of purchasing those already just to see what kind of impact we've had by people doing that? They do, and that's one thing we've been trying to get our hands on, the numbers, the yeah, Department of um, Motor Vehicles, I believe, is the one who has that. Because right. we've really wanted to thank people. We wanted to send out some kind of thank you to everyone who's purchasing the tag and to help them understand yeah. Our last round of grants was $1.1 million in grants that we were able to offer in the state. Yeah. We screened more than 3,000 women. We educated more than, you know, I think it was 40,000 people about breast cancer. So I wish I knew what those numbers were. But if you do the it's math and back in, I was yeah. going to say, if you back into that dollar amount and divide it by $22, you'll get yeah, a sense I'm, of how many people have that's it. That's really impressive. Now, when you talk about doing screenings, I mean, I, I 
you know, self-care, you know, doing the self-manual breast exam, obviously being kind of the starting point. But from there, what what options are available for someone? You know, we'll, we'll start young and then kind of go from there. Um, I know that they usually reserve the mammogram, for example, for uh, someone with, you know, potential breast cancer till later in age, though I did have one of our guests, uh, Janet Beebe, talk about the fact that, you know, there are young women that develop breast cancer, and obviously there can be some needs, so, you know, in a high-risk situation. But what, what screening options are there out there? What should people think about beyond doing a self-breast exam at home and, and that sort of thing? Where should they go for it, and, and what should they be thinking, this is what should be done in my early screening phase? Um, there are various organizations throughout the, the state. Um, public health receives state funding uh, or has funding to do screenings of the, the breast and cervical cancer program. So if they if they are not able to get to one of the local hospitals, they might be able to reach out to public health and find where they're doing screenings. So a woman might actually be able to go and get, say, for example, a pap smear for cervical cancer screening. Uh, through through programs that you were you're yes offering. through the, the breast and cervical cancer and, program. you know and I talked about breast cancer but you know again you know as a as an entity Georgia Corps is obviously focused on everybody so um, you know that's that's great to know that there's there's resources out there for you know I guess men and women that mm -hmm. that are trying to see do they have and obviously having some family history certainly should clue the listener in that if you've got somebody close to your to your, you know, yourself in terms of your, the way your family is structured, uh, mom, dad, grandpa, that kind of thing, that you're should be thinking about it as as, a, as something to at least keep an eye on for yourself. So it's nice to have that available, whether you have a great insurance plan or not. Right, right. And, and one thing we did see is um, previously I worked at Bell South, and we had the some of the best medical coverage, and yet women wouldn't take the time to go get it because their thought was, it doesn't run in my family, so I'm not going to worry about it. And so that educating people that it's 10% of people or less, and I'll let my colleague talk about the, the specifics of that, that are even at risk for um, hereditary breast cancer, it's important for people to understand the importance of early screening and detection of any type of cancer and um, to not be afraid of that. We've been talking to Angie Patterson and Alice Kerber of Georgia Corps. Um, so how do you get the word out? I mean, obviously you have you have the website, but uh, you know, websites are not built in and they will come. So how do you let people know that it's there? How do you, how do you reach out for, from the perspective of education in the community? How do you get the word out, you know, to that person that's the end user? Well, as Angie mentioned, the um the license tag grants that go out provide education around the state. That's one of the big things with Georgia Corps. We're sort of like Switzerland. We aren't like connected to just one hospital or one location or one source. We really are around the state so that we may have mammograms offered in the southeastern part of the state and the northeastern part of the state and education about when to do that. Not only mammograms, but ultrasounds and MRI. You mentioned family history, really, really important. One of the big grants that we have through Georgia Corps is actually a grant funded from CDC to the Department of Public Health with um, Georgia Corps administering the grant. What we do through that is screening of women 18 to 49 in the health centers around the state. Yes. Are question. you supported by, you know, either local media, whether it's radio or television, to do public service announcements, hey, there's going to be a screening made available, or do you do mailing of some sort to folks in a given community to, to, to let them know that this is here or going to be available? The screenings that are done through the breast cancer license tag, yes. They have some, in, I know, I can think of one in LaGrange. They did the big pink day in LaGrange. 
Um, shout out to them. Shout out to all the breast cancer license tag grantees. Um, they do um, a lot of marketing of their tool. The grant I'm talking about in terms of the health center is focused into the health centers. So it's it's primarily for women, indigent women, who are coming into the centers already. We're trying to make family history a part of every day. Learning to talk to your family, connect with your family, mm -hmm. know that that um, you you are the result of a mother and a father and a whole family and all sorts of stuff came behind you. Um, so it's it's a matter of helping people understand that better. So in the health centers, we're getting all the nurses there to talk to everybody about, did you have any breast and ovarian cancer? And as we said, we don't just do breast and ovarian cancer or assist with that through Georgia Core, but it's one of those that we have a good tool. It's a wonderful online tool, BRST. It was um, developed by Cecilia Belcross at Emory and it's online easy to use free and you get an immediate result six questions you go to breastcancergenescreen.org um, you go in and you answer the question the first question do you have anybody in your family with breast or ovarian cancer then if if you say no then you're done okay okay if not you go to the next series of questions and each one has little drop downs and they want information um, before the show I hope you don't mind we were talking about your mother-in-law and you were commenting that there was some discussion of family history well for example for your wife or maybe if your wife has siblings or you have children or whatever it would be good for them to know that family history right so they could go on to this online site and go through the questions and identify if they're a little higher risk or moderate risk or low risk that doesn't tell you if you're going to get cancer or if you have a mutation or a change in your gene. It doesn't tell you that. It tells you maybe you want some more information. If, you're pos if you screen positive, which means a higher potential risk, right. then there are also resources right there. When you're online, you can go through the little tabs at the top and you can get information about where you can go for more information, where you can get a genetic counselor, um, someone who's in the state of Georgia or elsewhere. Anybody can go on and do these. And you get immediate information and tells you right way, right away your results. So, and, and that's something that's actually of use to a young woman, you know, mm -hmm. coming into, you know, out of late teenage years, or, you know, early mm -hmm. college period, mm -hmm. you know, on up from there. Right. Because in general, the reason that we say over 18 is because in general for, for cancer development, you think of cancer developing later. Now, breast cancer is a little bit different. We see some younger um, like premenopausal, perimenopausal, postmenopausal, um, ovarian cancer more commonly a little bit later. But in general, when you begin to see it in families younger, like under the age of 50, under the age of 40, you begin to think that there may be something going on with the family. Um, so the people that could do this initially would be anyone 18 and older because um, those were the ones that may be eligible for counseling or some sort of other education. That's, uh, you were going to say something? Yeah, back to how we get the message out. Right. So we do have, George is very unique in that we also have five regional cancer coalitions. They're independent nonprofit organizations. Um, and they represent um, anywhere between 20 and 30 counties in Georgia. And they have the relationships with all of the organizations, healthcare organizations in their part of the state. And they, they really focus on education and screening. So we work very closely with them 
um, you know, with the messages they get out. So they really are a conduit to really reach a huge portion of our uh, of our state. And we actually do have a public service announcement that was um, developed for us about the breast cancer license tax. So we've been trying to get that out throughout the state. And we've also done advertisement around Georgia Cancer Info because on Georgia Cancer Info we list and we ask anyone in the state who's got upcoming events about cancer related things to let us know and we'll put that on our website as well so we've done okay. some advertisement around that that's great were you going to follow up with a comment as well i think we're i'm jumping ahead of the game saying that there's other other things that georgia Corps has as well other collaborative efforts that we have um, in terms of patient navigators around the state genetic counselors around the state so that when people need resources we can connect them up with resources in their part of the state. Well, talk about, you know, what is a nurse navigator, you know, for somebody in the in the cancer arena? What are they doing? What are they trying to help them find? Uh, you know, well, one of the things that's really, first of all, it's really exciting is we have an organization in Georgia called the Cancer Patient Navigators of Georgia, and we have over 300 navigators that are kind of in a virtual organization. They come together once a year. We have an um, email distribution list. And this organization includes nurse navigators, social work navigators, lay navigators who are in different hospitals or organizations around the state trying to help eliminate any barriers that someone might encounter as they're going through screening or treatment or later years, survivorship years, which is one thing I hope we'll talk about in a mm -hmm. few minutes. But those navigators are really key in the whole process of um, someone who enters into the twilight world of cancer. What do you find tend to be the barriers that inhibit somebody from getting access to to care is it more awareness is it you know what is it there can be so many things and it can be any place along the the whole continuum it can be before they're like sometimes the term previvor is used like the people that i see in the health centers who don't have cancer but they know that there's some floating around in the family they may be previvors you may see people who are actively in treatment and surviving from the day of diagnosis um, to people who are at different places along their continuum and they flow back and forth. The um, navigators can help them any place along the way. It might be something, I shouldn't say simple, but as basic as needing to get to treatment or having the money to pay for treatment or identifying a physician or identifying family members who might be able to help them. If I'm a patient you know, or a loved one, how do I get linked up with one of the navigators that's available to me? Well, that's that's a great question because the new Commission on Cancer guidelines require in 2015, anyone diagnosed with cancer should be connected with patient navigation services. Um, it takes a while for that to get in place, but with our new um, portion of Georgia Cancer Info, our new section of the website, which is the Cancer um, Survivorship Connection, there is a way on there that if you go on and you, you put an address or you put a zip code, you can find where navigators are located okay. and send a message to that navigator. Um, within most hospitals, there are navigator or navigator services. We do have a unique um, scenario in Rome where there's a nonprofit of navigators that service Redmond, Floyd, and Harbin clinics. So it's not tied to a, a particular um, institution. So they that, that's a nonprofit of navigators. So the key thing to me is educating people to say when they're diagnosed with cancer, I want where's my navigator? I know that these hospitals are supposed to provide this service right. to me and, and to ask and to empower them to ask for it. 
And doctors have gotten better at the point of diagnosis of bringing in a navigator okay, and that's helping what I was them. Say. Yeah. Is the doctor the one that typically, or doctor's office, someone in the doctor's right, office right. linking you up with somebody? I presume they typically have a hospital or a hospital or two that they're usually doing their work with that I would presume they're hopefully linking people up but I mean I was kind of surprised you know with uh, Aaron here from Turning Point how you know one of our previous guests who was a breast cancer survivor talking about her journey and and she kind of happened upon Turning Point the the folks at the time didn't know about it so that's one of the reasons why we're certainly pleased to be here doing this kind Mm -hmm. of discussion so that the folks can you know learn directly or turn around and share with their loved ones that hey this is available so that we can expand your reach uh, in this way, and folks can actually, you know, self-navigate somewhat to uh, if they have to to get to those navigators right. as well. So, and I think it's a really important thing to understand. Like I said before, that there people come and go on their journey, and they may be ready to listen to different things at different times. Whether they're the person who's affected by the cancer directly, or they're the caregiver, or their healthcare provider, or a researcher anybody who's who's affected anywhere along the line and the nice thing about the website is you can go there but it's also know that we then can connect you to a human who will assist you wherever you are in your process with whatever it is and if they often if you again back to the navigators if they don't have that specific answer they can guide you to turning point or to um, the Cancer Society to help you with transportation or to someplace else that has other funding to help with things. And I think that's that's important to know from, from Georgia Corps as well. We not only, I'm flipping back again, you with me? Mm-hmm. Um, back to that breast cancer license tag, I want to get this one little plug in. Not only do we do education around the state too, but we directly impact women who might be high risk for breast cancer because our breast cancer license tag genetic testing fund that we had since March, we've spent $43,000 of that money directly to indigent women to help them get genetic testing because they have a strong family history. Of those women, um, majority have not had a mutation or a change that increases their risk, but a couple have. And so we've been able to guide them to increase surveillance. And the same with the folks in the health department, that that's our mission is not just to educate, but to take it each step. We can educate, we guide them to where they need to get their resources, how we can increase their surveillance to make sure if something does come along, we can then help them. And policy change too. We also advocate with the legislator. We had Georgia Corps Day at the, um, at the Capitol, March 3rd, I believe it was, that we went and we, we were there just to be acknowledged because we do work to advocate for cancer patients, all Georgians in the state. And I think that's a really important thing, a little bit different than anywhere else. We aren't competing. I love that that's the case. We don't compete. We collaborate. You get to be the hub of a wheel in a way. Right. And everybody is more willing to potentially collaborate or cooperate, if you will. You can (laughs) compete, but uh, you, you you can also cooperate with your with your competitors to the to the benefit of the overall community, and everybody wins. Where you know, where do you feel like we're really? Our biggest opportunities for improvement are, I mean, obviously, as, a, as an organization, Georgia Corps, you're focused with the full continuum from prevention to diagnosis, early diagnosis and treatment, and then making um, that patient, once they've been diagnosed, aware of all the resources that are available to them so that they can have the most optimized outcome uh, as possible. 
But I mean, where do you find, as you've been doing you know, this work, do you, do you find areas where we really have the, the greatest need in terms of attention, where we need to really brush up Is in, in terms of getting people access to a navigator, for example, or making more of the community aware about screening? Where do you feel like we're really trying to focus some energy right now? Um, gosh, there's still a lot of areas where we need to focus. I think one of the key things that's really reached a national discussion level is the whole survivorship aspect, mm -hmm. because the American Cancer Society report just came out that said we have 356,000 cancer survivors in Georgia. And once you've completed treatment, like you said, when you're in treatment, you've got people checking in on you. But once you've completed treatment, you're kind of like lost in transition, which was an Institute of Medicine book. So I think survivorship with that many survivors in our state is really important to help educate them that they are at risk for certain things, um, depending on what type of surgery or treatment they've had. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a real important area. And part of that is empowering people to help them understand they have to advocate for themselves. So I think the navigators is a really key um, component because they can be there on the beginning part helping someone understand for example if they're going in for a colonoscopy that navigator can make sure they've got all the prep taken care of they fully understand it so they make their appointment get screened and potentially have early detection so I think the combination of well, of course every aspect of it there's research that's still important but with navigators I think reaching the people, navigators touch the people who are diagnosed or their caregivers, and then from a survivorship perspective, helping those 356,000 survivors, which continues to grow every day, which is a good thing um, because we're saving more lives. I think those are areas that, that's important to focus on as well. And the survivorship piece is probably a good transition. You know, talk about the, um, or, or a segue to our next guest. So tell, tell us real quickly, you know, about that survivorship connection and and how that can help folks and how they can become you know engaged with that with that opportunity um, so that we just launched it last week it's a new portion of the Georgia Cancer Info website but it is about survivorship and we had um, wonderful donors Tom and Karen Chapman who made a contribution to actually get this website up and, and going um, who have been survivors themselves and and they have been caregivers uh, as I mentioned I'm a survivor I was a two-time caregiver to my mom who is a two-time lung cancer survivor wow. so which is really I think is really important for people to understand we've got these resources here and part of what we've done with this website is really bring together um, we've started doing a, a needs assessment of survivors in the state to under, understand what were the needs that they had and there have been other surveys that have been done through Livestrong and American Cancer Society and we, we think we're going to find the same information we just want to do it here in the state mm -hmm. but some of the key issues are around nutrition or physical activity or um, one of or act yeah but one of the other key things for a survivor ends up being the whole psychosocial or mental right. health aspect mm -hmm. of that. So on the website, we've got a section for survivors for them to understand what survivorship means, but also give them resources. So we actually have Turning Point focused on there in one of the sections about physical activity and some of the symptom management. And I'm sure Aaron will talk about lymphedema, which is a risk. I mean, right. my surgery was 13 years ago, but b because of the way my surgery was, I will be at risk for lymphedema. So I have to be aware of that. Right. So I think the, the important thing is we're trying to just bring stuff into one place where it's 
a one stop for a family or a person who's a survivor to get the information, but we're really connecting it with the American Cancer Society resources or the National Cancer Institute. So we just have it in different categories, and here are various resources. We want to highlight the resources in Georgia because there are hospitals that offer survivorship clinics to anyone, whether they've had treatment there or not. And so that's one thing I think that's really important about survivorship is letting these 356,000 survivors know where the resources are in our state that they can reach out to and learn about these various um, aspects of survivorship. And it is a big state. We have 159 counties. So you figured that many of our counties don't have the resources they have other places. So one of the big things with the Cancer Survivorship Connection is to help them identify things that are closer. The other initiatives that's going on in the state is with telehealth because they're, it's, it's hard to get to everybody at the time that they need it. So there are several um, areas of the state, Tifton among them, um, Waycross, a couple other areas, and, and certainly the Atlanta area. We have a lot of resources here. But, so we can get to people sitting here and seeing them there and having somebody else there that could touch them, whether that right. navigator, depending it's a... Um, uh, lay navigator or the nurse navigator or the physician or whoever is in the house. So I think there's a lot of resources there. We just have a lot to work with. And sometimes they're right around the corner, it sounds like. So that's great that we're putting something out there that folks can use to find out what is that that's that's been right there across the street from where I was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can go there and get some you know, additional support or screening as you're talking about. So that's, that's great to know about. Um, you know, before we jump over and talk to Aaron about Turning Point a little bit more, any things that you would really like to drive home for the, for the listener before we talk Turning Point a little bit? Family history. <laughs> know your family history, whether it's breast or any other. Yeah, talk to your family. Listen to your family while you can and learn about everything about them that you can. There's, like I said, breast cancer gene screen is great for breast and ovarian cancer. Um, Surgeon General came out and calls Thanksgiving Day as Family History Day. If you go to hhs.gov, yeah, yeah, hhs.gov, Family History, you can enter it right there. It's very user-friendly, and you've got it so that when your kid is in school somewhere and needs to know about the family history, they don't have to just rely on mom to remember or Aunt Susie or whoever. You've got it someplace where they can get that information that may help them later. That's great. And I think the the awareness and education about the importance of early detection, I mean, it really does save lives, and it really does um, improve your outcomes. Um, You know, if if your detection is at a later stage, then you have more drastic, potentially have more drastic surgery, more chemo, more radiation, but if you're caught in an early stage, then... People are so afraid of the word cancer and are not, they don't want to talk about it and they don't want to learn about it. And I think that's the important thing is if we have 356,000 Georgians who are survivors, you need to learn that you can be a survivor and go on your regularly scheduled appointment and get your screening. And if you're 50 and you've not had a colonoscopy, we need to talk and, you right. know, different things like that. I think people talking amongst themselves, which of course, that's one thing with women and breast cancer survivors. We all talk to everyone about it. I could talk on forever and ever, but I think it's really important that people are not afraid and not shy away from it, but they talk about it and get educated and go to resources that are available, whether, of course, I'm going to plug Georgia Cancer Info or whatever, but go to, or the American Cancer Society, go to resources that are credible and evidence-based mm-hmm. and learn about it. 
That's right. And we'll come back, you know, when, after we've had a chance to talk a little bit about what we're doing at Turning Point, because uh, we've got Aaron here talking from the development perspective and how they do what they do. Obviously, that's a key component for you all. So we'll kind of circle back and tie that in since it'll certainly uh, hold true for you as well, how you pay for what you do. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, too. So thanks for waiting uh, to, to tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Turning Point, Aaron. but uh, thanks again for coming out and, and being a part of the show today. Well, thanks for having me. Just to give everyone who's listening a brief overview of Turning Point, we are a nonprofit organization. We serve women with breast cancer, and um, we provide physical therapy, massage therapy, nutrition, exercise, counseling, general counseling, and education events so that you're, you're surviving and thriving after your diagnosis of breast cancer. So a lot of times, you know, when you talk to patients, um, you'll hear, I have my diagnosis, I have my treatment, and it's like you said, okay, you're finished. And so there's that, one of our pa- our patients that it's kind of should be dot, 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 and then you go to turning point. Right. <laughs> so um, we, and we've, you know, let, that's a good line to use there, but we've sure. been, um, we see our patients really enjoy our, our clinicians, and we've been um, blessed to move into a new 4,000 square foot facility that doesn't feel clinical. It feels like you're going into a spa, and which is great if you're coming from a, a breast cancer perspective. You've spent a lot of time in clinical settings, so our, our patients really enjoy coming to see us, and we um, are, are grateful to be in that new space. Well, we certainly heard firsthand from one of your patients who actually had the opportunity in the past to get rehabilitation in a traditional facility for her breast cancer mm-hmm. symptoms or post-breast cancer treatment symptoms, uh, and then you know, somewhat by chance learned more about turning point uh, by a a good friend saying hey you should check this out because not to say that a rehabilitation facility that's more traditional in nature it's going to see folks across the spectrum right it's not to say that they can't do it well but i mean if you're a breast cancer patient are specialized in breast cancer it's evidence-based specialized um, comprehensive rehab for women and there are some men that we treat with breast cancer and the patient that you're referring to is a good friend of mine and i you kind of want to clock her on the head and say, you need to be going to turning point. She couldn't play tennis. She was losing mobility. Fortunately, she hasn't had any issues with lymphedema. But that was a, you know, that was as soon as she went in to see one of our physical therapists and had a couple of massages, she was back on the tennis court. And I, and that's a lot of the things that we hear from our patients is that I want to get back to my normal routine. I want to pick up my child. I want to take my grandchildren to the park. I want to swing my golf clubs. I want to play tennis. Um, we do, as you mentioned, we treat women with lymphedema. We have a state-of-the-art piece of equipment called a pyrometer. We are the only clinic in the Southeast that are using it to treat patients. And what it is is a screening for women with lymphedema to measure arm volume. So that um, we're really excited to have that. That's a new addition to our clinic. And like I said, we're the only clinic in the Southeast that's using it for early detection of lymphedema and for, for our patients to monitor their progress. Is it is it measuring density of the tissue? Is it measuring diameter? Yes, it's it's essentially measuring arm and, I'm, and you have to excuse me. I'm not one of the clinicians. I'm just the development no, no. director, so I may not be able to <laughs> get the specifics. It's, it's but it's, it's, it's fascinating that we're able to do to to do that and to use that. My understanding from some of the physical therapists in our clinic is that it's a lot more accurate of a measure as opposed to the former ways of measurement. And I'm very. I'll go, I'll go ahead and say Lynn Wyatt on the air. Thank you very much <laughs> for uh, having turned us on to Turning Point to be here. You know now sharing information with the general community at large just based heavily on her, um, you know, 
talking about her experience with the organization. And as I got to learn more from what I understand, many of the people are either from uh, cancer facilities in the past they've, that where they've done their work or cancer survivors themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when you're going in there as a breast cancer survivor, you're going to be surrounded by people who very much understand either from firsthand experience or for just right. from their professional experience well, our, what's our going on Our tagline is care, compassion, and clinical excellence, and I think that that kind of, it's a great descriptor of Turning Point, and that it's from the people that we treat to the people that are our, our clinicians in the office to just our administrative staff, including myself. I think that it's a good description of our organization. And we're talking with Aaron Long of the Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation, and obviously we kind of you know uncovered when we were here talking about the organization in the past. It is a charitable organization, uh-huh. as you mentioned, which means that the, the revenues that are needed to provide the care and pay for the lights and the facility that you're you know you're offering your care through come from outside entities they don't come necessarily from from billing for or or from a patient paying for care obviously that can be a component but uh, tell us a little bit about how that happens and you because that's where you come in. That's where I come in as the Uh, development director. So about 50% or nearly 50% of our patients require some sort of financial assistance, whether they're uninsured or underinsured. And we raise this, we raise the funding in all different areas, but um, upcoming in August, we have our Tourney for Turning Points, the fourth annual at Dunwoody Country Club, Sunday, August 24th. And we'll be there. Well, good. Hey. I'm glad to have you. That's right. And Monday, August 25th, um, we it's a two-day event. It's kind of a unique uh, way that we have this golf tournament set up in comparison to other ones in the areas that it's for men and women alike, and it's for golfers and non-golfers alike. So Sunday night is a dinner, a small silent auction and live auction. A little, you know, good food, good, good team, good time to entertain business contacts if you have them. Um, also, a good time just to learn more about Turning Point and enjoy your neighbors and friends. And then on Monday we have we usually have about 200 people on Sunday night. Monday we have um, a, a one to two flights of golf depending on our numbers. Um, this year it looks like we're going to have one flight played in the morning. Um, we've been blessed to do it at Dunwoody for the last four years and are, are really happy to be there. It's um, presented by Ashford Advisors for the fourth year in a row. And we have several other local sponsors from Fresh Market to Safarth Shaw, Barnes and Thornburg, Sandtown Family Dentistry, IAG Forensics, Sutherland, the Atlanta Hawks, RBM, <laughs> and the PGA Tour Superstore. Have to give a plug to our good sponsors. Of course. So, uh, you know, obviously you host some events, um, you know, in addition to the uh, you know the tournament and and the dinner that you have coming up talk a little bit about some of the other things that you do in the community to help you know raise funds for your care so we're really fortunate that a lot a lot of our fundraising is from grassroots efforts so it's other entities or other groups of people that are going out and doing a fundraiser and then they're in turn donating the money to turning point and it can be something um we had a a girl who sold um, dog biscuits and she donated the the money back to turning point then we also have a an outside group that does a uh, I think it's a Toys for Tots golf golf tournament and part of the proceeds go back to Turning Point and we're and that's you know a larger donation and we're really grateful for those um, we also have actually the Pink Affair is our other major fundraiser that's held on March 21st 2015 save the date um, it is it's the second year that Turning Point has hosted it itself it used to be a grassroots fundraiser another group of the Zeta Tau Alpha says uh, Alumni Association started it and Turning Point was the beneficiary. And now we are, I'm sorry, we're going into our third year. Now we are responsible for the event. It's a um, silent and live auction and overall just good time party. 
Traditionally, it's been held in um, the Johns Creek, Alpharetta area, but we are moving it in town this year to the Retreated Perimeter Summit. So we're, ex like we're, re we're really excited to have some different things happening around that event and, and grow it and make it more centrally located as when we move to our clinic, we're more centrally located now as well. I see. So now, you know, obviously you're able to provide financial assistance to someone who's under or uninsured, as you mentioned. Um, if I do have insurance or, you know, are th then those payers will actually work and help yes. compensate for Absolutely. some of their care as well. Absolutely. We do. We, the billing goes through our office. So, so someone doesn't have to be in that uninsured or underinsured community to be able to receive care from, from the all. center. Okay. No, but, it, you know, you, I, I think anyone who's experienced some, you know, some form of, of of illness the bills get you know there's bills come in even if you have when you have a child it gets expensive so it's nice to know that this is a necessary form of care the American Cancer Society has recommended that there is pre and post operative um, rehabilitation for women with breast cancer and so this is uh, as a necessary thing we believe all women with breast cancer should have this kind of treatment so we don't want there to be any barriers of care and this is one way that's by providing the financial assistance program that we can do that we've also been part we're partnering with um, the Avon Breast Center at Grady so that we can provide um, a, it's a trial for women and that are inner city under underinsured underserved um, and that's a it's a two-year-long program I believe are there other studies that or research that that the center is involved with outside we're, of that? We're always involved. Our physical therapists um, see, and all of our clinicians um, tend to be the leading people in the field, and they're always you know working on something, reading the latest articles, or participating. We participated in the American Cancer Society's um, survey a perspective model for um, rehabilitative care for women with breast cancer. In fact, it was. Um, our executive director, Jill Blinkley, was on the, the kind of the think team that put that together, as well as some of our board members and our, our staff members. And just to give the, the listener an idea of the level of expertise in terms of breast cancer rehabilitation that you're going to get at Turning Point, uh, in speaking with Karen Burpo, who was on the show previously, she mentioned the fact that you're organization is actually beginning to have an influence on standard of care mm -hmm. nationally and even internationally, internationally through your interaction with conferences where you're presenting what your model looks like. We had our first, our inaugural conference in November of last year, and we had 100 physical therapists and massage therapists and, and nurse navigators from um, primarily in Georgia, but there were some from other areas of, of the southeast that came to attend. We had, uh, we had, we would partner with the APTA. And um, we were we had it at the Grand Hyde in Buckhead. It was a wonderful two-day conference where you could have some hands-on physical therapy training as well as the top speakers in the field um, all day on Friday. And it was people that, um, if you're in the industry, if I use one of our, our executive director's terms, they are the rock stars of the of the industry, right. and we we're very proud to have the conference. So we will be do we will continue that. In the future, this year, we're doing some smaller courses for physical therapists to come and massage therapists to come and learn more about the um, rehabilitative care that we provide. We also have interns that come from different areas of the country and then also internationally. We've had some from the UK, from the Bahamas, from Ireland that have come to spend some time with us and to learn more about what we do in our clinic are to take any, it back to where they are. Are there any other conferences that are going on either locally or, or you know, around the country that you're going to be participating in where your folks are going to be presenting data? Our clinicians are always participating in events. I believe they're participating in something with Georgia, with Georgia Corps in okay. September as well as other events around the country. Our staff and um, our, our lead physical therapists are traveling and presenting 
um, pretty regularly. That's great. Well, you know, before we you know come back and we'll talk a little bit about Georgia Core and the the development efforts for you there. I mean, you know do the same thing with you what are some you know key thoughts if any that you'd like to leave the the folks with you know make sure we talk about how to participate in the turning point golf tournament before we you know we would love to have everybody out to participate in the turning for turning point we have sponsorships available starting at 250 um all the way up to 3500 dollars uh we our, our presenting sponsorship is taken, but we do have um, teams can play for a thousand, individuals can play for three hundred, and we still have several places left. Um, you can contact me at elong at myturningpoint.org, and I can get you signed up for the outing. We'd love to have you all there. That's great. Is there information about it also it's on also the website? on our website, okay. www.myturningpoint.org. Now, you all are on Facebook and Twitter. I followed you both there, so can you tell folks how to find you there? At Turning Point Breast Cancer Rehabilitation and at Turning Point BCR. That's great. And then obviously, if you follow the Top Docs radio, then you'll be able to link up with uh, our guests as well, Turning Point included. So just to kind of segue back and, and kind of round out our conversation, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, obviously, being part of a private and public collaboration, there's going to be some state funds, as we talked about, for you uh, at Georgia Corps. But you know, I would assume that you're doing some engagement similar to what Turning Point is doing, where they're trying to interact with the community and raise funds from the general community at large. Where do your funds come from? Um, we have actually not started that whole process of doing fundraising in that way. Mm. We um, get a lot of our funding through foundations or through grants. Um, as you mentioned, we have a small portion of our funding coming from the state, a small portion of the tobacco settlement comes to us to do the work that we're doing. Um, we actually have, um, as uh, Alice mentioned, with the funding that the Department of Public Health received for the genomics grant through CDC, we get some funding on that. The breast cancer license tag, that funding comes through us. We administer it, but we don't keep much from an administrative perspective. So as a small nonprofit, we're always on the look for other types of grants or foundations or other private donors. Um, as I mentioned, Tom and Karen Chapman, who actually he will receive um, the philanthropist of the year in Atlanta um, later this year. Not because of just what he's given to us, but to other organizations. That's um, great. So, but that is, that's, we have not taken on that form of trying to do fundraising. Um, we only have five employees ah. and we are doing all these statewide ah. programs. And yeah. so it's like, you know, I would I know have never guessed that when you start looking of, around at the resources that are being put out there, it's pretty impressive. We do have a, well, thank you. We do have a couple of people who are part-time, but um, with, with all of these statewide initiatives, we are kind of really busy with that. So it's kind of like the chicken and the egg. If we could take the time to do it, then we could continue to get 40 percent of the staff here right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I hope the others are working while we're here. <laughs> That's great. So, you know, I want to say thank you all very much for making time to come, and, and, and it's great information. Um, you know, you're certainly welcome to come back and join us on the show. I mean, obviously there's going to be some um, – variety of, of cancer initiatives coming up breast cancer awareness is coming so you know there's obviously going to be plenty of opportunities to come back and talk about things that you're doing um, did we cover where you are on Facebook and Twitter I, 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 my memory fails me sometimes so I just want to make sure that we get those out there in case uh, well you know we are on Facebook and Twitter but I do have the Thank you, Alice. <laughs> I should know this. So um, on Facebook, we actually, it's Georgia Cancer Info is okay. the Facebook. Um, and then I don't have the Twitter account. I think it's Georgia Core 10. For some reason, Georgia Core was already taken. Okay. Yeah. So we are located on both um, Facebook and Twitter. 
Well, we'll link up with you there. Any kind of numbers that, that folks need to know for either Turning Point or, or for Georgia Corps or everything that they need to, to get would be on the website, depending on the resource? On the website or, okay. you know, they can always email me directly or through our, um, there's an uh, info at georgiacorps.org as well to reach us. You can throw your email out there. Okay. It's A. Patterson, and that's with two T's, A-P-A-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, at Georgia Core, and that's Georgia spelled out, C-O-R-E dot org. Okay, great. And you gave your information, but you can throw it out there again. Just our, our website is www.myturningpoint.org. Okay, very good. And uh, just thank you all for, for your time today. Obviously, since I have such a chunk of your staff, um, <laughs> I'll let you get going back to your to your days. But uh, for the folks out there in the community, make sure that you share this information with folks because I can guarantee you, you know somebody that this would affect and help in, in, in terms of their uh, journey through dealing with cancer of uh, whatever type it may be. Thank you for making us a part of your day today. Make sure you link up with us if you haven't already on Twitter at TopDocsOnBRX and Facebook.com slash TopDocsOnBRX. Uh, if you're somebody that's, you know, you know, we talked about cancer, if you're dealing with radiation late effects and you ha have not seen those get better, you certainly link up with the physicians at Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia and you can do that online at HBOMDGA.com and Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. So once again, thank you all for making us a part of your day today. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. We'll see you then. Thank you.